don't cram 20 people on Zoom. Fluorescent lighted office all day long. You know, you probably are going to work from home. Hello, welcome everyone uh, to this 20th episode of No Office FM, No Office Podcast. I'm Michael Slavinsky, and today I have a very, very special guest. Today is my birthday, and I have a very special guest because of that. Uh, I have my mentor, my longtime you know, business guru, uh, Michael Hyatt. Hey, Michael. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so today, uh, people will have two Michaels on the show. So, uh, <laughs> and, um, and this is our first, uh, and these two Michaels are inaugurating uh, the live version of the podcast because we've been recording No Office FM for the last 20 episodes. It was just audio podcast. Now it's also a live show on YouTube. So, uh, Michael, you're being a trailblazer right now. <laughs> well, I understand this is like the first... English version of it live? Yep. yep. It is. Uh, we're recording the, you know, the Polish version every two weeks and then English version every two weeks. Uh, but we kind of uh, were afraid because we're not native speakers to just, you know, do the live show in English. But we decided, you know, let's go with it. And, um, you know, um, why not start now? <laughs> Absolutely. Good for you. <laughs> Well, um, I'm so happy uh, to have you. Um, it's, we have a perfect excuse because you, you have also uh, your new book out. Um, and we'll talk about that too. Um, uh, we have my birthday, so there are many excuses to get you on. <laughs> and I actually, but the, the, the truth of the matter is that I just missed you, man. <laughs> and I missed you too. I mean, we haven't talked in probably two years before the pandemic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three years, man. So I think, I think, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. You're aging well. <laughs> oh, but you, you, you just look younger. I mean, you're very skinny now. That, you know, I have lost some weight. Yeah, I lost 20 pounds since the first of the year. And yeah, I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> you just, it seems like you're just getting younger and I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we'll meet you. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, we both like running. And, and so do you still run? Um, I mostly walk and do strength training. So I like, I had an injury to an ankle a few years ago that kind of made it difficult to run, you know, it just oh, okay. wasn't that enjoyable, but I walk aggressively almost every day and I do uh, strength training almost every day. So yeah, you know, I've got a gym in my house and, you know, trying to keep up, keep up with my health. So was the gym in your house uh, like a pandemic project or did you do it before? It was actually a pandemic project because our gym shut down mm -hmm. and I didn't go to the gym anymore. And so, you know, we're empty nesters and we've got this big house. We had an empty room that we weren't using. And I said, let's just put a gym in there. And my wife said, yeah, great idea. So that's what we've done. And we love it. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so it, that's, uh, you know, that's the thing. So uh, one of the themes of this, of this, of this episode will be work-life balance or, or trying to figure out the, the, you know, the, uh, as you mentioned, the double win, right? So, right. uh, to win, uh, to win at work and succeed at life, right? That's right. Uh, so uh, your book is just out. Uh, when when was the uh, launch? Uh, it was about four weeks ago. So mm -hmm. it, it launched last month, and it hit. I don't know if this will mean much to your audience, but it hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Nice. And so we're we're pretty happy with that. And this is the first book I've ever written with my daughter, who's now the CEO. She's my oldest daughter. I have five daughters. She's the oldest. And she's now the CEO of Michael Hyde and Company. So I've stepped, I wouldn't say stepped down, but stepped back. So I'm the okay. chairman now, and I'm only working three days a week. So 
This I remember. I remember when we talked, like, I don't know, two or three years ago, um, you told me that you are, I mean, your company is called Michael Hyatt and Company, which basically means you. And you you told me that you were trying to figure out a way not to be just you all about you anymore. And, and uh This was like I, this is what I remember, and then you were you had some you know ideas in the pipeline. Um, I did. I think you didn't still know if the I mean or or the planner was already picking up the the full focus planner, um, and and uh, so you had that that in mind. So so I I, I assume um, which you told me in the backstage that it was a long term plan. It was a long term plan to, to step back. Yeah, it actually started about four years ago. So we run an annual team retreat with our entire team and their spouses, and I know. You guys at Nosby do a similar kind of thing, but we had yep. we had the entire team away for about four days, and we had the spouses, and we try to include the spouses in as many of the sessions as we can, so that they feel you know like they're a part of the company and can participate and have a voice in it. And so, one of our uh, the guy that was actually running Platform University, his wife stood up and said, "Hey, you know this company is pretty built around your personality. What happens if something happens to you?" Ah, okay. And so I thought, you know, that's a really good question. And so my daughter and I got together with our executive team and we said, we need a plan. You know, I think that, you know, I've been part of companies where succession didn't work that well, you know, where either the founder didn't want to give it up or he didn't want to transition or, you know, whatever, whatever reason. But we decided we want this to be a really good transition because I want the work to go on, you know, after I'm gone. I want the work to go on. So what we did was uh, we came up with a plan and it was a plan that we announced a year later at the next annual retreat. We said to the team, we said, hey, look, I'm going to step back on January the 2nd, 2022. Okay. So that was the three-year plan. Now we okay. accelerated it. Yeah. I, I imagine like we're still not there. <laughs> yeah, we're still not there. But but what happened was, is we identified clearly what, what my role would look like, you know, mm -hmm. going forward. So I literally created a written plan. This is what my role is going to be going forward. This is how Megan's role gonna, is going to change as the CEO. And I had been, when I was at Thomas Nelson Publishers as the CEO, I obviously succeeded my predecessor. Yeah. That was not a great experience because he wasn't really willing to let go. And so he kind of fought me for a couple of years. And I was determined that that wasn't going to happen here. So uh, this past summer when I was on my sabbatical, so this would have been 2020, I said to myself, I said, gosh, Megan's ready. There's no reason to wait to 2022. Let's do it in 2021. I talked to her about it. She said, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable doing that. I said, okay, great. So we announced it and we made it official on January the 2nd, 2021. And I stepped back to working three days um, a week. And I'm really focused on the things that, that I love and the things that I do best. And she's running the company and doing a phenomenal job. So what are you doing then? <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly what I'm doing is creating content mm -hmm. and I'm coaching our coaches. So believe it or not, Michael, we have about, we have 52 full-time employees right now. We'll hire another 25 this year, but we also have 15 certified coaches that um, they also run their own business. Okay. But, and we wanted that. We want people that are business coaches that are actually actively engaged in running a company, uh -huh. but I'm their coach. So I'm coaching them. And that's really my focus right now, which I absolutely love. Okay. Okay. So you're the, you're, you're the master coach now. That's right. Okay. Uh, 
you know, uh, knowing you uh, these many years, like so, uh, to to like for people who don't know the the story, and many people I think don't. Uh, I've been following. I've been stalking you like for 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 years now. <laughs> uh, we um, remember we like back in the day we used to have tablet PCs uh, and and you you were you had you had a blog about it uh, um, and I, I I got to know you there uh, and then you know and then we met in person in 2010 or 2011 I don't remember like one of these years I yeah. I flew to Chicago to vi- to visit 37 Signals Base Camp and then I just flew for one day. To see you, uh, to to Nashville. So, so we met, um, and uh, I remember that this was like 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 you, um, I mean, you're brilliant with business and stuff. But I remember that for you, the 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 content and the and the the mentorship was always the thing. So I think for you, it was mm. just a smart way, smart thing to do to just focus on that and 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 leave the rest to someone else. Yeah, I mean, I I love it at this point in my life. Nothing gives me more pleasure than seeing other people succeed. And if I can have a role in that, in helping that, like I I was on a coaching call this morning with one of my clients and I only coach a handful individually that are outside of my coaches. And this is one of them. And and basically it's just, it's an opportunity for me to stay fresh and Mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm dealing with real world issues and getting feedback and all that. But I was just, you know, it was such a great call and the guy got a tremendous breakthrough in the middle of the call and, you know, it just makes me really happy to see that that happen. Because the problem is, if you don't have a coach, then what happens is it just takes longer. You, you know, you can figure out things on your own, but sometimes we just have somebody that comes alongside you that doesn't um, that doesn't really have anything to gain or to lose, but can be an objective, you know, source of encouragement, a an objective place where you can get feedback, you know, a repository of ideas. You know, that's really helpful. And I had, I personally had an executive coach for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, that was huge for me in my career. I mean, I don't, I think a lot of my success, I owe to the fact that I had a coach. Yeah. So the thing was that um, I never understood that. Uh, like, it, like on one hand I did because, uh, you know, uh, I have a tennis coach and uh, I haven't, I have, I've been playing tennis for the last three years, started from zero and now I'm playing pretty well, so it it must be to the coach. <laughs> Otherwise, I I wouldn't be playing well now. But um, with the business coaches, I thought the coach was supposed to be like the, the smarter person, like the the mentor. And I'm I'm sure that in many cases it is. But what I realized is the coach is the one that has that that, that has to just challenge you and ask good questions so that That's you right. figure out stuff out for for yourself, right? Yeah, so we we start with the premise, and by the way, our coaching program is called Business Accelerator, mm-hmm. and if people are interested, they can find out more at businessaccelerator.com, all one word. But, yeah, we'll link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, our sort of our model is that our clients have everything that they need to succeed. They just sometimes need somebody to come alongside and ask them the right questions mm-hmm. to help them get to the right answer faster, but they've got the answers. They've got the, they've got the wisdom. They've got all that baked into to who they are. And I'm amazed at the solutions people come up with if they just given a chance and somebody asked them the questions. And so I, I do my very best not to give advice because I don't want to build or don't, I don't want to create dependency upon me as yeah. a quote, guru. You know, uh-huh. I just, I want to be the person that facilitates them getting the breakthrough that they need to, to be more successful. Yeah. So, 
I, and I think I think that's the that's the problem that I I didn't get that that you know I thought uh, you know I need somebody so I thought you know I have a few mentors so it's fine like I don't need a coach um, but uh, I just started one of the coaching programs I'm, I'm I'm just starting right now an individual coaching program um, uh, and um, you know uh, it's it's already like fruitful <laughs> I guess. Um, and uh, and now I'm just more open to it, but it just took me lo- lots of time. I, I have to. I'm 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 ashamed to admit that to, to understand. Like and and f- especially to a person that was, that's been following you for so many years, uh, I should have gotten that faster. I well, think. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so that's, uh, but th- I want to ask you about the, your coaching program because uh, I remember that it was stationary in Tennessee, uh, but then, you know, because of COVID, you had to, you had to, um, you know, uh, make it virtual. Uh, how was the transition? Well, it was a little bit challenging initially. Mm-hmm. So th- let me just explain the model to you and then I'll, I'll tell you what was challenging about it. So yeah. we have a, we have about 550 clients. Mm-hmm. Those clients are arranged or grouped in cohorts of about 50 to 60 people. Yeah. And so once a quarter, they fly into Nashville. By the way, we do have some international clients, and we even have one from Poland who comes yeah. in once a quarter. And so they would come in and spend a full day with me. Now, of course, I've got all these other coaches helping too, so it's not just me. Mm-hmm. But they would come in. So. Um, this was, this was back in March, two weeks after, or right as the pandemic, as we went into lockdown here in the U S and the president of the U S had made, um, a big announcement. And so the next day I had one of my groups here in Nashville and I said, everything we're going to talk about is now irrelevant. We've got to talk about how do you lead through a crisis and how do you pivot Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, have business continuity. So we scuttled our program for the day. And I was up a couple of hours before we, we began meeting with uh, my chief content officer and we were creating a new outline for how to lead through crisis. So we did that that day. I think it was very helpful to the people that were present. The next day we had another group come in and that was the last of all the cohorts that were coming in for that quarter. So that was a Thursday we met the first group, then the Friday we met. Then we decided to turn it into a course. And so we filmed it a few days later, and then we had it in the market a few days after that. So from the time I first taught it to the time we had it in the market, market it was one week, and it was called Leading Through Crisis. Yeah. And it, it did tremendous. And we had to pivot our business. So we had to go from an in-person model to a virtual model, and we're just now getting back to in-person. But honestly, 2020 was, the, was our best year ever. It was the biggest <laughs> year we'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of shocking how well it, it went and, you know, sort of along the lines of work-life balance, this was interesting. So about two weeks after that, we discovered that all of our employees were really struggling with work-life balance because they didn't have any childcare. Yeah. Uh, kids weren't in school. And That's so true. people are trying to work and their kids are underfoot. Mm-hmm. And so we decided that we were going to go from a 40 hour work week to a 30 hour work week. And okay. we weren't, we weren't going to change anybody's pay. We we're going to continue to pay them the exact same thing, but we wanted to reduce the hours from eight hours a day to six hours a day, just so that people could have some margin to attend to their families and some of their other priorities. And we said, we'll do this as long as we stay productive. Uh-huh. And so after about a month, we got together as an executive team and we said, how's it going? We said, man, we can't tell any difference. 
You know, <laughs> people are just as productive in wow. six hours as they were in eight. And then we said, well, let's keep, let's keep testing it. Let's do it through the summer. So we went through the summer. Of course, all of us are working remotely, no office. And so at the end of the summer, we got together as an executive team to do some strategic planning. And we said, hey, this is working so well that we want to make this a permanent thing at Michael Hyde and Company, permanent benefit. And we ended up finishing 2020 um, 100% over in terms of profit compared to 2019. Wow. 52% ahead of our budget, which was pretty aggressive uh, already. So one of the things we proved to ourselves is that it is possible to achieve more by doing less because it forces you to prioritize and really be focused. It brings me back to the to this um, book by um, um, you know our favorite author, uh, essentialist <laughs> Greg McEwen, yes. um, and um, I, I I reread his book every year because I, the, the information still doesn't sink in. <laughs> and yes. Because uh, yeah, to to just you know find the the essential part and 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 find what's really important and and just focus on that. And um, in my company, we work differently. We work uh, from Monday to Thursday. And on Perfect. Friday, Friday is just for weekly review, so like typical GTD weekly review, and uh, and for your personal development, like you should you know uh, pursue your your, your things, um, uh, develop your skills. Uh, so very often, what we have is that people like when they want to read something and they want to watch a video or, of something, they just put it for Friday. And they just, you know, work on the day-to-day stuff um, uh, in, uh, from Monday to Thursday. And then on Friday, they just dedicate this time to them. And also what we did in our company is uh, because when, when COVID hit, uh, is that, you know, I, I asked, you know, solidarity from the team said that, you know, people who have kids, they will work as much as they can. And that's mm-hmm. it. And then, but they sh- they, they, if they cannot, they just cannot. It's fine. Like we, you know, it's because uh, three. I remember, I remember March was really bad for me personally because you know we have three kids, and then suddenly you know I had to be the the, and we couldn't have the nanny over. We couldn't have anyone over. Like so, I had to be the the teacher, yep. the cook, the 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 father, the uh, the. CEO of Nosby and every and just every night I would just just die on the bed. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> um, yeah, but luckily you know it just was just one month that was just so bad. But then then later we just managed to. So um so you're so with the business coaching program just to finish off the the subject. So you're getting back to this in person training uh, or or staying hybrid? How is the how is the plan? Uh, we will stay hybrid. Mm-hmm. But I, I suspect that most of our clients will want to come in for it because they've really missed the face-to-face mm-hmm. contact. And one of the things that I love about group coaching, and by the way, we do group coaching and one-on-one coaching. So, you know, we, do, we offer both. But the thing I love about group coaching is that you're not only getting a coach, hopefully that can, you know, give you some shortcuts and guide you in strategies and tactics and all the rest, but you also get an, an amazing peer group mm-hmm. of other business professionals who create community, and, and I think that's what people have missed. But the thing that, that COVID has made available is we've, we've developed this whole new capability of being able to run it, you know, remotely yeah. and in a hybrid fashion, and we've got a great studio for that now. And I think it's going to give us an opportunity to expand internationally. Like I, I mentioned to you, we have one person from Poland yeah. uh, that, that comes, and we have pro- pro- not that many. Out of 550, we maybe have 10 clients that are international that fly in for it. Yeah. That's a a big ask 
you know, for people to come in, you know, all the way from Europe or we have some from Australia, but if they could watch it, you know, on online, that would yeah. be helpful. So the thing we got to figure out is the time zone part, you know, so I think we just got to have coaches that are willing to do it in the middle of the night. So it's not <laughs> such a big con- inconvenience for our clients. Yeah, I think that's that. That's one of the one of the issues. Also, um, uh, you know, Nashville is great, but it's not the, the the most important airport. So it's so to get to Nashville, you have to go through any airport in the U.S. And I think that's also a trek for many people. Yeah, I think you're right. So I remember I I checked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we have more direct flights now, but still, you know, they're only to the to the really major, you know, London, Paris, mm-hmm. Munich, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's good already, because 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 uh, uh, if that's the if that you know would be the case, then then you know then within Europe we we have the facility to really move fast. So um, because I think uh, I, like from my trips to the US, um, it always was the problem that if I land if I don't land in the end destination, I have to go through customs. It just takes lots of, lots of time, and then th- through there I have to catch another flight, which I might not because the customs. <laughs> so it's just uh, it's 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 a hassle. But if 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 I can get any you know flight from Europe just directly to Nashville, then then yes, then it's it's it makes things easier. What's what's the biggest airport in Spain? Madrid. Okay. Have you ever direct flight? Madrid or Barcelona? Uh, and um, yeah, but Madrid is the, the the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, so the coaching program will link in the show notes. Uh, you just had a very cool webinar, which I watched yesterday. So, um, uh, oh, cool. yeah. Uh, um, uh, so this is, uh, so my pro tips, you know, even if you don't sign up for the coaching program of Michael's, just, you know, sign up for his webinars because they're really good. <laughs> uh, and uh, what I was also amazed with your webinars is the, the, like every time I watch a webinar of yours, it just gets better and better. Like you're really upping your game with the, with the content creation. So I'm, Thank I applaud you. you for that. <laughs> well, you know, I have one of the things that's really cool now is I have a team. I have seven people on our content team now. Mm-hmm. And so usually the way that it works, and this is kind of a pro, pro tip on productivity. But, you know, when I first started doing webinars, I did 100% of it. You know, yeah. I created the outline. I created the content. I created the slides. I did the production. I did everything. But the thing that we, and this is a concept we teach in our coaching program, we call it the 10-80-10 principle. So the first 10% I'm involved in and the last 10% I'm involved in, but the team takes the middle 80% and does the research, does the, gra- the development of the graphics, you know, sets up the show, does the production. So I don't have to be as involved. And because of that, it's better because there yep. are people that do the deep dive on the research that interview our clients, you know, they do all that stuff that I didn't have time for. So a lot of the reason they're better is because I have more people involved, which gives me, you know, more capabilities. So um, uh, we're right now preparing a, a, a course, a course webinar uh, on um, um, uh, on working remotely because, uh, you know, we want to like, uh, explain to people that like how they should, should, you know, change the habits right now that we are very often remote, um, uh, that, you know, people are not in the same physical space all the time, you know, how to do meetings creatively, how, because, you know, before the COVID, everybody was looking at me like I'm a, like I'm a unicorn, that we can have meetings and can be creative without, you know, me being in the physical office with other people. So we are doing a course on this. And um, for that, uh, we have a a new videographer and he he created the slides for this. And um, based on, 
content I wrote. And um, I have to tell you, um, I was really um, embarrassed that my team said, you know, Michael, uh, your slides were always uh, not so good. And these are slides are so much better. I'm like, come on. <laughs> we put so much heart into my slides. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's, it, and it, I think, you know, to lead really at a higher level, it takes humility. Because right? you, have to, you have to realize that you're not good at everything. And I think for me, it's been a journey of realizing, you know, that I'm only good at a few things. And so one of, one of my books is a book, my, my main book on productivity is called Free to Focus. Mm-hmm. And so we're, good, we're about to reshoot that course next week. Okay. So my team came to me and said, look, we've updated the research. We've, we've got some new illustrations. We want to reshoot the course and relaunch it. And so then they came to me yesterday and they said, hey, we have an idea and we want to make sure you're okay with this. How would you feel if we had three of our teammates teach some of the sessions? So you'd be part of the team, but it wouldn't be only you teaching. And I said, I love that idea because the truth is some of the people on my team are better teachers, better presenters than I am. Plus, I said, I don't want my personality to be the primary thing. I want the content to be the primary thing. And I think this is a way to do it so that if I'm one of many, same thing with our coaching program, you know, I'm, I'm now one of many coaches. And I think for, for business owners that are, um, that are thinking about their legacy or they're thinking about succession, one of the things to consider is how can you involve your team and elevate your team so that if something were to happen to you, the business can go on. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a big that's a big one, and and uh, you're right. Like uh, for for people, especially who started it, uh, uh, you know, who, like you started your company, I started mine. It's it it takes uh, yeah, it takes lots of humility to just you know not to be know it all, do it all uh, kind right. of guy, but just uh, you know g- give in, g- you know, give up some of the <laughs> you know some of the um, uh, power and. Uh, I yeah I learned it every day, um, uh, and but 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 the thing is that it takes also skills uh, to do it, and um, yes. and uh, that's another thing. So um, let me just pause right now, and because we'll have a sponsor break in this show, and then we'll talk about your newest book because uh, uh, you know um, the whole situation of the pandemic and everything, like the work life balance. Uh, I think I mean. Your podcast was always always about to win at work and succeed at life. I remember this slogan for such a long time. So, yes. uh, so having this slogan be the title of the book uh, was a brilliant choice. So, um, okay. let's talk about that in just after this break. So here's a stressful image. Yep. See, I'm not really know a thing or two about productivity. Trust us. This is our boss. So here's how we do it instead. Nosby Teams allows you to communicate through tasks. That's the future. Helping your team get organized and getting their project to the finish line. Just create a project and give it a name. Then add some tasks. Assign them to your team members. And that's it. All you need to know can be easily accessed and nicely sorted in your incoming view. Communication can be done through commenting a task, just like in a chat. Keeping it clean and simple. Track your projects and get more done with Nosby Teams. In the end, just take it off. Now that feels good. 
Nosby Teams helps your business succeed where so many have failed by making communication and task management throughout your teams as easy as it gets. Sign up for a free account at nosby.com and change your business today. All right, all right, all right. So we are back. Um, uh, so let's should let, let's show the cover of the book. Uh, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, win at work, succeed at life. Um, so um, you call it a double win, uh, Michael. Uh, you know, this is I think this is the holy grail of uh, of everything. Like you know, to have this balance or balancing act to be able to um, uh, you know to uh, you know, to be great at work and be great at life. Um, and one of the things that, you know, um, when I read your book, one of the things that struck me the most was that even people like me who love their work are doomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, most of my clients, most everybody I know feels like they're, they're facing what we call in the book, the impossible choice. You can right. you win at work, go all in on work and really kill it. And that's kind of the position that people like Elon Musk advocate, work 80 to 100 hours a week on your business and forget your personal life, forget your health. You know, you just, you, you can't have both. Or there are people that think, gosh, I don't want to sacrifice my health or my family. It's too important. So I'm going to pump the brakes on my ambition and really focus on my personal priorities. And, and, and we think it's possible to do both. Can I, can I tell you the story that I use in the opening of the book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this, this was about 20 years ago and I had come into Thomas Nelson publishers. And for those who are listening to this, that don't know uh, Thomas Pel Nelson publishers at the time was the seventh largest book publisher in the U S one of the largest publishers in the world. And I was asked, to become the general manager for one of the 14 book publishing divisions that we had. So this one division was dead last in every significant financial metric. So we hadn't grown in years. We were losing money. Morale was terrible. And so the CEO asked me to come in and try to turn it around. So he said, how long is it going to take you to turn this division around? And I, Michael, I didn't actually have a clue, but I guess. <laughs> and I said, I think it'll take about three years. And he said, well, that's kind of what I was thinking. So have at it. So I kind of cobbled together a few ideas, a vision for what I thought we could do together. I went back to the team and, you know, tried to inspire them. And we rolled up our, our sleeves and got hard at work. And we were able to turn that division around, not in three years, but in a year and a half. We went from number 14 to number one in terms of revenue growth. We were the fastest growing division in the company. We wow. went from number 14 to number one in terms of profitability. We were the most profitable division. And as a result of that, I got this big, fat bonus check, you know, additional compensation. It was more than my annual salary. Wow. And I was so excited. I, I, I couldn't wait to get home and, and share it with my wife, Gail. She's always been my biggest cheerleader. I knew she would be enthusiastic and this would kind of validate all the hard work because I had given up weekends. I was working often at nights. I had foregone vacations just to try to turn this division around. So I, I, Went into the house, I found Gail, and I showed her this check. I held it up, and I was all excited about it. And she wasn't that excited. In fact, she said to me, oh. she, said, um, she said, we need to talk. 
And I thought to myself, uh-oh, that doesn't sound so good. So we walked into our, our den and sat down. And she said, look, I got to be honest. And she kind of started to tear up a little bit. And she said, the truth is you're never home. She said, I appreciate all that you've done for us. You know, I'm grateful and I love you dearly, but, but you're never home. And even when you are home, you're not really present. You're not fully present. Your head is somewhere else. And I wanted to be defensive, but I, I knew she was right. And then she said to me, she said, your five daughters desperately need you right now. And I knew that was true. And then she started crying and she said, if I'm honest, she said, I feel like a single mom and I'm not sure how much longer I can hold on. Well, Michael, that killed me because I thought I had reached the pinnacle of success. But what I discovered right. in that moment was that it was a false summit. Mm -hmm. And I was faced with this impossible choice. I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue to work, you know, as hard as I've been working because, you know, my team needs it. I've made these commitments at work. Or am I going to put the brakes on and am I going to give really attention to my family because that's more important to me? And that's what kind of launched my quest. And it's, and it's taken, you know, a couple of decades. But is there a strategy? Is there a third way that allows me to win at work and succeed at life? And this book argues that there is, there is a way, but it, it takes some intentional, thoughtful planning in order to get there. Yeah, and one of the I remember one of the reasons was was this fact that it's just easier for us to focus on work, especially a work we, we like, because yep. like it's easier to find the win there, you know, like like you know. Uh, so let me tell you a story from my life. You know, every morning I have to wake up my three beautiful daughters and and bring them to school. Every morning is the same struggle to you know put some clothes on, you know, get the breakfast, get them in the car, um, like. And every morning is a struggle. Every like, and and it's every morning they're unpredictable. Like some some mornings they're perfect. Some mornings they're just unbearable. Like, and <laughs> and you know there is like they beyond my control. And with work, I can control. You know, I can write a blog post. I can write uh, some piece of content. I can design something. You know, interface for Nosby. I I know this. You know, this gives me a level of control, and that's why I think many of us are just deciding to just. Let's go for the work stuff because it's just easier to do, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's measurable. You mm -hmm. know, the wins are clear. Yeah. Um, we see short-term wins. We get praise. We get reward. Yeah. We get accolades, but not so much at home. You know, kids are a long-term project. You know, it's a marathon. And sometimes you feel like at home, it's three steps forward, two steps back. And it's, it's uncomfortable. And so we naturally gravitate to where we're the most comfortable. And, and besides, you know, work is often when you're in a job you love, it's fun, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I love working. <laughs> but, you know, doing the kinds of things with the kids, especially when they're young, you know, not always fun. Wasn't always my favorite thing. But it's important work. And so I think that, that to just become aware of that is helpful so that we're not seduced into this idea of spending all of our time at work. And I, I mean, I hate to pick on Elon Musk, but he's been yeah. the biggest, most vocal advocate of this 80 oh, yeah. to a hundred hour work week. But what a lot of people don't realize he's on his third marriage mm -hmm. and his five sons by his own admission, don't talk to him. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, his great ambition is to get to Mars 
but it looks like he's going to be by himself when he gets there. And I don't want that. You know, I've been married for 43 years. My marriage is incredibly important. My, I have five daughters, I have nine grandkids and they all live within 20 minutes of me. And I, you know, they're my best friends. You know, I, I want to continue that, but that takes focus and attention and time given to them. It just can't be all work. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, so apart from the fact that, you know, it's tempting to work, like what are, what are the main, really the main like typical obstacles that, that, that impede us from getting this double win? Well, I think a, a couple of things And the book is subtitled and I think it's, it's important for people to hear this. It's called five subtitles, five principles to free yourself from the cult of overwork. Mm-hmm. So one of the principles and one of the obstacles, you know, the, sometimes we think that that work is, is, is got to be the primary orientation for life. You know, we make, we absolutely make time for work. And if we've got time left over, we'll give attention to our health or our, family or our hobbies, but work is the primary thing. And what we say in the book is no, work is only one way to orient your life. But the fact is that life is multidimensional. You know, you've got friendships, you've got your physical health, you've got your finances, you've got your hobbies, you've got your spiritual life, your intellectual life, all these different dimensions. And if you don't give attention to all of those in some way, and I'm I'm not saying equal attention to all to all of them, but an appropriate level of attention to all of them, then your life is going to be somewhat empty and lopsided. And inevitably, you're headed for a crisis. And that's, that's a big thing. You know, people that, that don't give adequate attention to their health, you know, you're going to face a health crisis. It's only a matter of time. If you don't give attention to your family and really invest in those important relationships, you're going to inevitably face a crisis. And the problem is that all these different dimensions of life, Michael, are interrelated. You know, yep. so, so if you're having problems in your marriage, that's going to distract you at work. You're going to be thinking about your marriage when you should be focused on your, you know, what you're trying to create at work. And conversely, if you have problems at work, that could back up into your health. It could mm-hmm. back up into your most important relationships. But there's this interplay between all these different areas of our life. And that's why it's critically important that we give the proper amount of attention and focus to each one of these dimensions. I was, I was, um, so I was listening to the audiobook, and uh, I recommend the audiobook actually uh, because it's being read by both of you, uh, so by you and by Megan, uh, your daughter, um, and the CEO of your company. Uh, so, uh, and for me, this is like brilliant because, like, you have two people. Um, so, so the, the, book, the book doesn't get boring. I mean, the content is great, but you know, with two vocals, it's just even more exciting. And especially, you know, her voice is so different than yours, so it's really, it's really good. So the audiobook is really, really cool. Thank you. And, and when I was listening to it, I remember like one of the things that you were always saying to me, like in your podcasts and maybe even in our like one-on-one sessions when we were just chatting, you always said, what gets scheduled gets done. And, yeah. uh, and I, I, when you said that in the book, I was like, oh, okay. So Michael can help, him, help himself, but he's right. <laughs> and, um, and one of the things, you know, like, like one of the tips that you mentioned, like, you know, scheduling things also outside of work, you know, scheduling date nights, scheduling, you know, you know it's, whenever I say this uh, to anyone, I propose this, they're like, but this is boring. You schedule a date night. But is it really like if you schedule, you're going to go out. If you go out, whatever happens on a date, you know, 
it's a yeah. date. So, <laughs> I mean, the way I look at it, scheduling a date night, and by the way, I let my assistant do that. I gave him responsibility. I said, look, your job is to find us something to do on date night. And, you know, the thing that we enjoy is being together. And my wife's learned she doesn't, she doesn't care who schedules it or what we do. The important thing is just to be together. And so, yeah, what gets scheduled gets done. And, and you know, there's a, there's a second concept. We have, we have five principles in the book, and I know we don't have time to get to all of them, but, but one of the most important ones is the second one, which is the power of constraints. You know, uh-huh. a lot of times people think that if they put constraints around their work, then that's going to lead to a loss of freedom. But actually, it's the opposite. So when I had that conversation with Gail in the den, I knew I needed some help. That's when I first hired an executive coach, my very first executive coach. I was desperate. I said, I need help here if I'm going to make it. I don't want to end up, you know, um, destroying my marriage or destroying my family or my health or something else. But I also don't want to give up on my, you know, professional ambition. I, I kind of want it all. So how can we do this? So one of the things he said was he said, you got to put constraints around your work. Mm-hmm. And, and Michael, the thing, and this is so to your point about what gets scheduled gets done. He said, my guess is that you're the kind of guy that in the middle of the afternoon, when you realize you're not going to finish your task list, you say to yourself, hey, no problem. I'll go home. I'll eat a quick uh, dinner with the family, and then I'll crack open my laptop and continue working. And so there's like no end to your workday. Or you're the kind of guy that gets to Friday, and you haven't finished your task list for the week, and you say, no problem. I can work Saturday morning. I can work Sunday afternoon, you know, whatever. He said, are, are you also the kind of person that instead of taking a real vacation, you use that time, you get up early before the family gets up on vacation so you can work on that project that you haven't been able to get to at work. I said, guilty as charged. That's exactly <laughs> me. And so he said, okay, I want you to set some boundaries around work. And this was a game changer for me. He said, what time are you willing to quit in the afternoon or the evening? He said, I don't care. Just pick a time where you're not going to open your laptop after that time. And I said, okay, 6 p.m. That felt like a stretch. Yeah. But here's what was cool about it. In the middle of the afternoon, when I was feeling that little bit of panic, like, oh my gosh, I still got so much to do. I didn't have time to get distracted. I didn't have time, you know, to get involved in frivolous conversations. No, I had to focus. I had to double down on my to-do list if I was going to finish because I had made the commitment to him and made the commitment to my wife that I would finish work at 6 p.m. And here was the kicker. He said to me, he said, because you're making this commitment and because I want it to stick for you, he said, do I have your permission to call Gail about once a month and check in and see how you're doing? (laughs) I said, "Uh, okay. And he did. And that gave me the accountability I needed. But I felt like by constraining my work hours, I was more focused. It's kind of like if you, if you go on a holiday on a Saturday, that Friday before you go on a holiday, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, you're laser focused on Yeah. Right? You're so productive. Well, that could be every day if you have mm-hmm. constraints. Yeah. Constraints are, yeah. We, we, we never like, appreciate constraints, how they can really help us. Uh, uh, for, for me, for example, I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out like the, 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 you know, uh, Carl Newport has his book Deep Work, so I'm trying to track my deep work hours, and because of that, like when I don't have them, I I can easily see. Okay, I was slacking off, and and just um, to make sure that you know, uh, to have a successful day, I have to do you know these number of core like deep work hours, 
and then if the time is right, you know, I just have to finish. And uh, uh, what I did, for example, what I do for for constraints also is the the school time. So to mm. pick up the kids, and you know, like when you have to pick up the kids in half an hour, and it's going to be the most practical half an hour in your life because <laughs> you just want to really finish this off. Because then after that, there is no work anymore. So yeah, I think I think um, I think this. I I remember that uh, this lesson from uh, again earlier than than your book from your podcast. Uh, this 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 thing about six p.m. just always being on time for dinner, and I think um, this is something we've been uh, we've been uh, talking to with my wife about this because my wife uh, she works in a different company, and uh, for her to be uh, uh, for dinner always also wasn't always the case. So we really had to have this conversation that you know, like there there has to be a limit to to how long how long you can stay in the office and 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 do the work. Yeah, there really does. And, and I think everything goes better with that. And, you know, Megan, my daughter, she's, you know, in a completely different season of life than I am. I'm an empty nester. You know, I got yeah. it made. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's awesome. You know, the kids are all raised and, you know, they're out of the house. But she has five kids and she's the CEO of our company. But from the very beginning, when I, and, and she says this in the book, but from the very beginning, when I asked her to come on board with us and I was just having her run our marketing department, she said, well, dad, I'm willing to do it. But she said, I've got to leave at 3 p.m. every day because I want to, I want to be there to pick up my kids. She mm-hmm. said, I don't want somebody else picking up the kids from school. I want to do that. And she said, if you're willing to let me have that constraint, I'm willing to come to work for you. And I said, well, let's try it. I said, I, I don't really care how long you work. I only care that the work gets done. And so from the very beginning, and she's been with me now for eight years, mm-hmm. she's, she's always quit at 3 p.m. so that she can give the proper amount of attention to her to her kids. And she's led the company and done an extraordinary job, you know, mostly working six hours a day. Michael, how can you promote somebody to CEO position who just leaves work at 3 p.m.? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's, it's Are you crazy? <laughs> well, the good news is now since the pandemic, everybody quits work at 3 and, yeah. you know, and, and I just have to say, you know, in, in full disclosure, there are times, there are seasons when we've got some big project, some big lunch, launch where everybody, you know, goes out of balance, but that, that's going to happen. Yeah. But here's the problem. And here's where people get into trouble. For years, for years, I would tell Gail, I would say, look, you know, I'm starting this new job and I've really got to put in the hours and get myself up to speed. But as soon as I get up to speed... I'll give you and the girls the time and attention you deserve. And then we'd get to about the end of that. And then maybe somebody would resign. And I would say to her, okay, look, you know, now I don't have a marketing director. And so I'm really doing two jobs. But as soon as I hire a marketing director, then I'll give you and Gail the time and the attention you deserve. And so we'd, you know, finally hire a marketing director. And then it would be some launch of some new product. Yeah. For years, I lied to her and I lied to myself. Because I told myself and I told her that the situation was temporary, yeah. but it wasn't. It was one temporary situation after another temporary situation after another temporary situation, and it became permanent. So my, my advice to people is that if you're going to have to go out of balance for a season, sit down with your spouse or sit down with your significant other and have a conversation and hold each other accountable because it can't go on forever. You know, yeah. you, can, you can handle it occasionally. You can go out of balance occasionally, but it can't become a way of life. If you do, you're going to put something at risk that you don't want to lose. Totally. And, 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 and the thing is, I think what, what, what 
what what you're also saying is the fact that you know the, the standard has to be the standard. So this these have to be clearly exceptions. It's like um, right. it's the same. Whatever I talk to people about productivity systems, getting things done, you know, and 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 all that, and I tell people, I'm one of the most disorganized persons, you know, in, on the planet. I'm really disorganized. But you think that I am this organized person, you know, I have the Nosby thing, you know, and I'm all structured and well. And well. But the that. thing is, but the thing is, I have these systems set up. So even if I'm disorganized and I have a period when I'm just, you know, chaos, I very quickly know how to get, get back. I, I, I go, I, I, so I don't make the chaos my default. Chaos is the, the situation that just happens to me because I'm not perfect. I'm just a human being. But because of these systems, I can really quickly do my review, quickly, you know, get back on, on and then just get back to being, you know, normal me with all the systems helping me out, uh, you know, being productive. So uh, I, I think that's the, that's the key, you know, that, 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 that you, you don't make, as you mentioned, the chaos, the standard, you, you, you just, you know, you just accept that you're, you, as, as you mentioned, that you accept that things like launches and things happen, uh, but they are not standard. They're not the standard. And I, I think we've really got to be be clear about that. And we really have to understand what work-life balance is because I think a, a lot of people get sucked into that one crisis after another. And so then they convince themselves that work-life balance is a myth. And I hear this yeah. all the time. You know, people mm-hmm. say work-life balance is a myth. You can't have it all. And, and usually I know that that's a person who has resigned themselves to the fact that they're going to have to work all the time. And they don't have a third alternative. And I think they also misdefine what balance is. You know, balance is never a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a constant struggle. And it's, it's more like a gymnast who's walking across a balance beam where you're constantly in this tension of having to adjust to stay on the balance beam and to stay in balance. And the other thing about work-life balance is that it doesn't mean giving the same amount of time and attention to every aspect of your life. So, for example, today, actually today is, is, is my day off, uh, but yesterday I worked six hours, but I didn't have to spend six hours in the gym. I didn't have to spend six hours with my wife, Gail. No, I spent the appropriate amount of time. I spent about exactly. an hour in the gym mm-hmm. and I spent, you know, we, we spent a couple hours. We had dinner last night together. Uh, tonight is date night, but last, last night we spent a couple hours together. We had dinner, then we watched some television. So it's, it's the idea of balance is the appropriate amount of time and attention, not equal time and attention. Does that make sense? No, this was perfect. Like, like, you know, you nailed it on the, uh, on the head. So like, you know, you don't spend six hours in the gym and six hours at work. Like this is exactly, um, yeah. Um, for like, like, for 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 people just you know just to to embrace this um it's um i think the problem with you know with you know with our situation with the situation when you work from home is also de facto separate you know uh, um uh, where you work or where work doesn't happen or shouldn't happen you know yeah. and some people have this luxury which i really recommend if you can to have a separate room which is your office because uh, when it is like uh, my office is on the top floor of of our house and uh, whenever i go up uh, <laughs> in the afternoon my wife is like where are you going <laughs> you know so uh, so you know i i'm sorry i yeah, no so uh, but 
uh, it's really hard. And especially like people that were, you know, put in this situation that they, they had to start working from home and they had to, you know, struggle, mm-hmm. you know, working and, 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 and being together. Wait, what would you tell, what, what, what would you tell them? What would you tell them how to, you know, how to create this balance and, and, you know, and to try to divide work and, 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 you know, home life. Well, one of the things, you know, you, you talked about earlier, what gets scheduled gets done. And one of the things I've learned, this is kind of a principle of physics or of the universe, you know, that nature abhors a vacuum. And uh-huh. so one of the things I've found is that if I don't schedule my free time, then yeah. I drift back to work. So that's why I schedule date nights. That's why I don't go into a weekend without, you know, priorities and without a schedule of what I'm going to do. And those are, that's going to be a schedule of non-work, non-achievement-oriented activities, whether for me that's playing golf or practicing the guitar or going fishing or engaging in some other hobby. I'm scheduling that time so that I make sure that I'm not tempted to go back to work because work is familiar Work is easier, work is joyful, and it's just easy to drift back into that. So I would say schedule your non-work time, and, and especially at the beginning, like vacations are a good example. You know, mm-hmm. people, if, if people don't schedule their holidays and schedule what they're going to do during those days, it's going to be easy to drift back into work, if nothing else, to let your mind wander. And so I have these rules for myself. Like one of the things I'd, I'd say is, well, if I'm not at work, I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to talk about work. I'm not going to think about work. I'm not going to read business-related books or listen to business-related podcasts. So that's hard, right? But, yeah. but I just can't say what I'm not going to do. I got to say what I am going to do. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm reading a novel right now. You know, It's completely unrelated to business. So I've got things that I can do that are apart from work. And I think the suggestion you made was great. If If you can, not everybody can do this, but if you can have a designated space in your, in your home where you work, you know, and then turn your computer off, you know, this you'll, are you still iPad only? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm mostly Mac. I would really like to be iPad only. I, I admire you for doing that, but my Mac, I use a program called keyboard maestro uh-huh. and it automatically shuts down my entire computer. Uh, when I'm, when I'm supposed to quit work so that I'm not tempted. Mm-hmm. So it just shuts it down. So I got to completely reboot everything, you know, to continue working. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really smart. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still using the, 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 the iPad as my main computer, um, but I still have the, the iMac here as the main thing for like, yeah. recording. Like, so when we record this, uh, it's on the iMac. Um, I'm using basically my iMac as my canvas, like to put stuff on it so to have a reference but I still do the main work on the iPad I just prefer this machine it's just uh, um, so now I'm just being tempted by the new ones that, that, that I know I, I am too oh man I keep so, thinking I'll go iPad only if I just get that new one I've done that yeah, three right? <laughs> yeah that's always <laughs> that's always a great reason to just uh, you know um, excuse yourself for, for, for spending dollars and then you're like yeah this new purchase it's gonna make me a better man <laughs> don't tell our wives though yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so so uh, it's it, and it works the same with um, you know with your latest uh, productivity app or whatever. It doesn't make you better unless you actually you know put on the habits and cr- create the structures and 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 also the same with uh, right. iPad only. If you don't start really using the iPad apps and leveraging them for your work, uh, you know you will not be able to be iPad only just because you have the latest and the fastest iPad. So. Um, 
it works. Uh, it works on all these uh, all these fronts. <laughs> so um, uh, we are going to wrap up uh, this call, uh, and uh, it was great having you here. Uh, uh, Michael, um, uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you about uh, w- before we finish off. Uh, so um, I remember that y- you know your company was uh, was is you know uh, remote friendly. So you have people working remotely, uh, but you do have an office. You do have like a, like a co working space office. Um, right. So how do you how do you um, so how does it work in practice with your team? Like how many people do go to work and and, and how frequently? Like how does it work? Uh, if you can uh, tell us. Yeah, so we we have a co-working space and everybody's invited to work there, but nobody's required to work there. Mm-hmm. So typically the way that works and we we don't we don't tell people they have to work there, they don't have to work there, it's just there for their benefit. We don't have any private offices. Mm-hmm. So usually, you know, meetings at least pre-covid and now we're starting to get back to normal here in the US. So I was just literally before I I got on with you, I was at a meeting at the office. So we had a going away party for one of our colleagues who's leaving. So I, I went to that. But uh, for meetings or if people just want to work in an undistracted environment, it's a beautiful space, uh, they'll go there. But I would say that most people will make an appearance at mm-hmm. the office. Most of our people are locally local. Most of the people will make an appearance because they like the social aspect of it. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, we've gotten so good at Zoom, you know, that there's, <laughs> you know, so much of it can be accomplished without getting physically together. So just uh, just to tell everyone and to brag because we need the bragging rights, uh, uh, Michael and I were using Zoom be- before Zoom was popular. That's right. Back <laughs> before it was cool. Yeah, I remember that you recommended Zoom to me uh, on one of our calls, that, and you told me that Zoom is so much better than Skype. And then and we started using Zoom, and like you know, two three years before COVID, <laughs> we should have. We should have bought the stock, the Zoom stock, you know, when when they went IPO. <laughs> Tell me about it. So true. Because <laughs> we knew how good it was, you know, like we should have done that. <laughs> well, we done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, Michael, thank you so much for being today. Um, uh, we will link to the, uh, you know, to everything that we mentioned uh, in, on this show uh, here, uh, just below this show, also on YouTube and also um, on the podcast. Um Especially uh, Michael's coaching program, uh, and also the the book uh, How to Win at Work and Succeed at Life, and um, you know, and also Michael's you know website and everything, and uh, full focus planner and everything else uh, that we mentioned. So thank you so much, Michael, for for being here, um, and thanks, uh, thanks everyone you know to, who tuned in. Uh, we have some cool comments here uh, from people uh, praising us uh, and, and and happy to see us together. So, you know, um, it's good. Um, you know, maybe we can schedule another call in like a year or two, like uh, again. Um, so um, uh, I have Michael live admitting that he wants to talk to me again. So it's good. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, just to wrap it up, um, uh, I would like, I would like, I would like to mention that you know this episode of No Office podcast hasn't been created in office because Nosby has no office, and um, uh, I was your host Michael Slavinsky, and Michael Hyatt was your guest, and uh, our producer is my, uh, Rafał Sobolewski, and um, uh, uh, the links, all the links, will be at nooffice.fm/slash twenty for the twentieth episode, uh, so very easy to to, to check them out. And um, if you want to support us, you know, sign up for a free account of Nosby Teams and and sign up your team, and you'll see you'll be more productive. And uh, proofreading uh, Magda Waszczyk, uh, v- uh, visuals uh, Marco Koto, 
Evelina Pshivara is responsible for promotion. She she's on the backstage here, and um, the whole production process has been con- coordinated in a project in a Nosby Teams app. And uh, work remember remember work is not a place to go; it's a thing that you do. And if you do it, you know you want to have the double win to win at work and succeed at life. Thank you. Don't cram twenty people on Zoom. Fluorescent lighted office all day long. You know you probably are going to work from home. 